This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. So this week I determined that I was going to allow the Lord to show me something um, from his creation, just something of his goodness. And I wanted him to lay something on my heart that I felt like would be what I was supposed to communicate today. And so he did. And I believe that he's given me this message today that I've entitled Stop the Wash. Stop the Wash. If you've ever been to Bryson City, uh, maybe you've seen the, the basically the city revolves around this train uh, that you see in this picture. It's a train called the Great Smoky Mountain Railroad. The train's really not what's important about this whole sermon. It's just a way for me to use as a vehicle an area of transportation to get to my message. Uh, that was funny, wasn't it? There's more in this picture that's important that I'll explain to you in a moment. Stop the wash. I want to read a passage. Um, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. Honestly, I don't know. Hey, I did go back there and put it back in. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. How beautiful where? On the mountains. Is who? The feet of the messenger. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger, the one that is proclaiming the good news, the good news of peace and salvation. I would throw in hope and restoration. The good news of Jesus, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Stop the wash. I got a little bit of a history lesson. Don't get bored with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. In the late 1800s, a new mode of transportation hit the western mountains, the western part of the state of North Carolina, and a 100 and 16-mile stretch, I believe it is, stretches from Asheville to Murphy. And whenever that stretch of, of tracks, the train tracks, were blasted and carved and put in that mountain, it opened up those people that were landlocked to a whole new world. It opened them up to this whole new mode of, of getting out of where they are, if you will. And it created a, a way, an avenue, for them to get out into the rest of the world. And so this piece of, uh, piece of history was, was created uh, by actual inmates at gunpoint, which is interesting. And they, they carved out, they blew up with dynamite and all these other ways, the 116-mile stretch from Asheville. And these, uh, these paths for these iron rails 
how to be blasted out of the side of the mountain that had been there. I was reading earlier and I was just flipping through Psalms and I was finding scripture. And if you do a search for mountain, it's interesting what you come up with. But we know in the beginning, uh, the, the water is covered over the surface of the deep. And then God allowed the surface, the water to, to drop down. Therefore, the mountains initially rose up, right? What really took place is the water level dropped, which created the mountains. And so from the beginning of time, the mountains have existed. And then these inmates, because they were told to do this, go through blasting out the side of the mountain and they lay these iron tracks and all things are hunky-dory until they figure out they've got this major issue. The issue is soil erosion. So now our history lesson is going to take a turn and it's going to be a science lesson for just a moment. The soil erosion is causing problems in the early 1900s. They can't get the, 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 the wash, the, the spring, the torrents of springtime rain would come from the tops of the mountains and it would wash. It would wash out not only the railroad tracks, it would wash out highways, but the, 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 we're talking about the train. It would wash out the mountain and, and they would have issues and then the trains would uh, derail and they'd have problems and they cut off their mode of transportation. And so they had to come up with an issue, a way of how to stop the washing, how to stop the soil erosion. So in 1935, Congress declared war on soil erosion. That sounds like something Congress would do in 2021. <laughs> Bless the Lord. They declared war on soil erosion, and they created the Soil Conservation Service. And the Soil Conservation Service was put in place and designed and created to grow this weed called kudzu. Y'all ever heard of kudzu? It was put in that they, they would pay farmers $8 an acre in 1935. They sowed over 70 million seeds of kudzu. Bless the Lord, what were they thinking? Kudzu is the green vine that you see in this picture that's taken over everything but the train. If you ride through the mountains any length of time at all around the highways, or if you're, you're privileged enough to take this railroad, you're going to see what looks to be spider webs or cobwebs that are green draping over everything in sight. They call it the weed that ate the south. And in 1935, Congress <laughs> created this problem. And I began to do a little research because kudzu was just interesting to me. I don't know why. The man on the train, John, the conductor, doing the touring, uh, I happened to be standing in line in the concession area for, I don't know, 20 minutes trying to get two orders of nachos, wiggle wobbling all over the train, and I'm hearing his whole spiel about kudzu. And what's interesting about kudzu there's actually three facts that I found interesting as I began to research. And I think you and I are actually created to be a lot like this weed. First of all, kudzu was transplanted. It is not native to the United States. Kudzu came from Japan. Early on, it was intentionally meant to be a beautiful garden ornament. It was supposed to cover the ground. And then it came over from Japan to be beautiful garden ornaments in the United States. And then they realized in the early 1900s that it would cover the ground and there would be something amazing about it that would happen and it would hold the ground in place. 
It was transplanted, though. It was not from here. And I couldn't help but think about us, you and I. Philippians 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. If we are Christians, if we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, this place is just my temporary home, right? It's not permanent. I don't intend to live here forever. I might physically, my body might die on the way home today. I might live in this body for another 100 years. Lord have mercy. I really don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to stay here forever. It's temporary. I'm a stranger. I'm an alien to this land because my real address, my permanent address, I thought about it uh, yesterday. I was trying to think about how to, to prank these spam callers that keep calling wanting to buy land. You ever have anybody does that? You got any property for sale? And they had, don't even have my name. They had the person that had my number years ago before me. And I'm like, she doesn't have this phone. Oh, well, do you have any land for sale? And I'm riding home from the mountains yesterday, and I'm just in my own little world. And I thought, sure, I've got some land. I've got 100 million acres with this ginormous mansion where the streets are paved with gold and the gates are pearl. You can't have it. That's my permanent address. That's where I'm headed. I'm stuck here for just a little while with a purpose, with a calling, with a plan on my life, but my permanent address is in heaven. I am transplanted. I've been picked from the family of God, and I've been placed in this time, in this space, and in this, on this earth purposefully right now for this time in history. You with me? I don't belong here, but this is where I've been placed. Why? There's a reason. There's a reason that Congress decided to declare war on soil erosion and pick this random weed that I'm going to tell you more about in just a second that's crazy to put in the ground purposefully in the mountains, particularly in the south, to keep things in place. It's transplanted. Not only is it transplanted, but it is invasive. Anybody had any experience with this? It's ridiculous. It can grow up to 60 feet, one vine. Remember, we got 70 million seeds planted. One vine can grow up to 60 feet in a year. The vines reach 98 feet by the end of their lifespan, and, and I think it has to probably be a little more than that, but they mature. They get to a point, they are reaching, can you imagine? I hate monkey grass. I can't imagine kudzu. It's ridiculously invasive. And I couldn't help but think about the church because isn't the purpose of the church to go into all the world and make disciples? Isn't the purpose of the church to be invasive in the place we live? What's crazy about kudzu is it, die, it kills out everything around it. You know how it does it? Yeah, this I love this. It's huge, broad leaves. When it networks the way it does, can you go back to that train picture? I'm sorry, I'm throwing you all over the place. This one's just blurry. They got these huge leaves. You don't see anything but green kudzu leaves in this picture, right? You know what it's doing? It's hogging the sunlight, S-U-N light. See, we as a church are designed and created to hog the S-O-N light. When we spread and when we cover the earth, the evil, when we begin to cover everything around us, we're absorbing the sun, Jesus, we're absorbing the power of the sun, we can become invasive. That's good, a lot better than you think it is. All from a train ride to a river. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, he's talking to Simon. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Peter. 
which means rock, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How much more invasive can you be than to know that hell itself cannot overcome the church? We, family, are meant to be transplanted to this earth to be invasive. We are created. We were put. Can you imagine the, the room at Pentecost with 120 believers hanging out and all thinking together in their Honda Accord? And they're all together. They're there. I relaxed a lot this week. And the Holy Spirit moves on them and fills them with power. And then they walk out the door. 120 walk out the door and they begin to pray and speak in other languages, in other native languages to people. And by the end of the day, the church is numbered at 3,000. How much more invasive can you really be? And when we're filled with the S-O-N and we're, we're receiving the power of the Spirit by our broad leaves, when we're, we're there and we're in that place, God can't help but allow us to spread 60 feet in a season. If every one of us could stretch out 60 feet, theoretically, my brain does crazy stuff. Theoretically, if we could stretch 60 feet from where you sit, you would not be able to see the, the pews if we were all a kudzu vine by the end of the year. You wouldn't even know what this place looked like and it wouldn't matter because when we looked down, all we would see would be the glory of God reflecting off of the green leaves of the vine. <sighs> it's invasive. We were created to be invasive. The real reason it was transplanted in its invasive state is because it's rooted deep. You can tell Carter's not here today to make my awesome slides, so you probably can't even read that one. I miss Carter. It's rooted deep. The vine itself can extend 98 feet in length. The root system grows anywhere from one to three meters, which is three to nine foot deep. I don't want to go pull up kudzu vines. Do you? Can you throw that picture up there of this root? How are you going to get that joker out of the ground? I, I'm going to cut this much and think I've accomplished something never seeing this. They can grow to seven feet in diameter. One vine can grow seven or nine feet deep, seven feet in diameter, so that all of this is holding, there's one little sprig right there that you can see, that would be where the vine was cut from, holding this one vine in place. This was the reason that Congress decided to use kudzu to hold the mountains in place. This is the reason that they decided to use this random, nasty, it's called the most hated weed now in the U.S. Huh, doesn't that kind of ring a bell too? The church is pretty close to in that same realm. But this is the reason that Congress decided to use this. They knew that this would stop the mountain from falling apart and would keep the railroad and the highways in place. It's rooted deep. There's not really an easy way to get rid of kudzu. And I couldn't help but think about us. Because Paul's talking to the church at Colossae, and he's talking to the Colossians in chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, therefore anything to follow this is for the people that have accepted Christ Jesus their Lord. 
You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on them. Your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you'll overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And I can't help but think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 when he says, uh, and I would rather sing it, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The winds and the rain, they came, yet the house did not fall. You with me? And, and if we're rooted down and built on him, aren't we kind of like the, the, the house that Jesus is talking about? Those that hear these words of mine, those that hear the instruction, those that believe and stand on this book, that stand on what the principles are in this book from beginning to end. We stand on the principles and we're founded then on a firm foundation and we're there on Jesus himself. We're rooted down into concrete or the cornerstone, if you will. If anything's rooted in concrete, it's not coming up, Right? We're rooted in concrete itself, in the cornerstone, who is Jesus, who's the cornerstone of the church. He is the rock, the bedrock. He is our foundation. And when we followed him, you continue to follow him, and you let your lives be built on him, and your roots grow down deep. Kudzu's rooted deep. The question is, is the church. I was on a lake. really don't want to talk about it because I was trying to get two weeks of sermons out of this. They say that its deepest part is 500 foot deep. I can't fathom that. That's insane to me. I'm used to our local lakes that might get to a mere 25 feet out in the open and on the river you might hit 50 or 75 foot, maybe 100 if you're lucky. These lakes, I personally saw it. I got a picture of the, the depth finder. It was 389 feet deep below the surface of the boat. Madeline and my sister did the math. At 300 feet, obviously, you can do the math. It's 50 of me. If I fall, there ain't no coming back. It's a deep, deep Lake. I completely lost my train of thought of where I was headed with this. I got it. Every year they drain this lake. They drop it by at least 50 feet. Am I right? Is that the right number right? They drop it at least 50 feet. You know why they have to drop it 50 feet? Because they get enough rain in the springtime to, to raise this lake 50 feet. You know how much rain that is? That's a lot of rain. You know what keeps that railroad from washing through all that rain? Kudzu. What's the point? Life is hard. I don't care whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're an Islamist, I don't care what religion we identify with. Life is hard. You with me? You know what I believe sets me apart in my relationship with the Jesus? Is I can be rooted down deep into the bedrock. I can be rooted deep into the cornerstone of the church. My big old nasty roots that don't look pretty, they don't have to look pretty. 
they're not what's on the surface. They're not pretty. They hold tons of carbohydrates for that kudzu. It's unreal how, how what them roots hold and what they feed. That's not important. The point is, it's not pretty under the surface. It doesn't have to be pretty under the surface as long as it holds. And that kudzu hold those, holds those mountains in place through enough water to raise that lake 50 feet. That means when life is hard and the seasons of storms come, because seasons of storms do come, you know when it rains it pours? Well, yeah, it's springtime, family. And in life we have those seasons where it is going to pour whenever it rains. But what God has given us is the gift of an amazing root system. We've purposely been transplanted. We purposely have been brought and placed. My spirit, who is now brothers with Jesus Christ himself, I'm a part of the family. I belong in eternity. I belong at the right hand of the Father with my big brother Jesus. That's where my permanent address is. That's not where God's got me placed in this time span of time. I'm placed here and now purposely to be invasive and the way that I withstand is by being rooted and firmly founded in him. Y'all never thought something so interesting could come from a weed. Isaiah said, the first verse of scripture, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And I tried to, to put this all together in a way that it would be effectively communicated. If you've had a conversation with me 10 minutes, you know I struggle to effectively communicate occasionally. Michael looked at me the other day, she said, you gotta get yourself together before you have this conversation because I don't understand what you're saying. And it's my livelihood to communicate effectively. If on the mountain, can you put that first picture up, my train picture? If on the mountain, you know, the stuff up under the kudzu, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of the messengers who spread the good news. The mountain's crumbling. Can we just be real? The world as we know it is going to come to an end. Nothing surprises me. Why, why should it? Eventually, Jesus is coming back to get us, and turmoil is going to happen. There's no way around it. So it doesn't surprise me when Congress makes the modern-day decision of 2021 to declare war on soil conservation. Why does it surprise us? That's not my worry. That's not my concern. Jesus, in fact, tells us not to worry about it, not to worry about tomorrow. My concern is my job, unfortunately, as the sermon illustration is a weed, is to be invasive where I've been transplanted. It is my job to smother out the evil around me. The world is going to crumble 
up under us. It is washing away. I mean, uh, the church is strong. I'm. Mean, this isn't a world's going to hell in a handbasket sermon. I'm. The church is going to prevail. I just sang it to you. Victory has a name. His name is Jesus. That is the end of the story. No if and buts about it. But there's a lot of history still to be made between right now and this moment and the time that Jesus, that victory is completed. It's already done. It's the right, already, not yet, if you allow me to kind of throw that paradigm in there. It's there. There's a lot of history to be made, though, between right now and then. That's not my concern. It is my job to hold the mountain in place and be the beautiful feet of a messenger declaring the good news so that when I'm looked at, you look at this. You don't see anything else around it. You see kudzu. You see the sun, S-U-N, reflecting off the beautiful green leaves of this kudzu. And if I've done my part whenever I'm transplanted and if I'm invasive and my roots have gone down deep and I'm holding firm to what I believe in, I'm holding firm in what it is I'm standing on, I'm, I'm rooted down in Christ, nothing else. Because I hate to tell you, the rest of that verse is the man that built his house on sand, the, the house was washed away when the wind and rain came, right? They can be built on nothing. I've got to be rooted in him. And as long as them big, nasty, ugly roots, I don't care how we get rooted, the fact is it comes through the word, through our worship, through prayer, through fasting. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be done. And when I'm rooted, the torrents of springtime rain can come. And not only am I going to be held firm in place, but the mountain up under me that everybody else has to walk on is also going to be held in place. Because it's not all about me. In fact, it's not about me at all. Because if it were about me, just like if it were about kudzu, it'd have been left in Japan where it belonged. If it had been about me, why would Jesus have even let me come? And why, why, wouldn't, why would he have not taken me to heaven the moment that I accepted him as my Savior? If it were about me and I, got, I lived this life as a sinner, if I lived a sinful life to this certain point and finally I believed on him and believed in my heart and confessed, at that point in time, why would he not have just taken me up? If it was all about me, that was the mission accomplished. Because it's not about me. It's not about me at all. It's about me being transplanted in this place and being invasive to cover everything else and being rooted so that when things happen, when life happens to somebody beside me, when life happens to the one that's planted right there, there are trees up under this. You really can't tell, but that's a beautiful, uh, probably an oak or a maple tree right there. Whenever life happens and when the storm comes running down, that tree's strong, not because of that tree's roots only, but this whole area is glued in place because of the kudzu, because it's invasive. It's rooted down deep. That tree stands a real good chance of not being washed out by the water, not because the tree's any good. Sure it is, but it's more so because this, this network... 98 feet of every one of these vines rooted down seven foot round and, and nine foot deep. These root systems are like glue holding this land together. It's not about me and it's not about you. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of the messenger doing what? Spreading the good news. The good news of peace and of salvation. You've been through a history class, you've been through a science class, and now you've been through a Bible class today. 
go home, get a gold star. And you stayed awake, bless the Lord. First of all, before we really can look at the the mission behind this, we have to, to deal with the fact of none of this matters if we don't know Jesus. Kudzu was planted with a purpose. It had a reason to be there. If we don't know Jesus, there is no reason. So if we don't know Jesus today, that's the first and foremost important thing that has to take place. If we do know Jesus, we understand that those that have made the decision to follow Jesus, as Paul is saying, you accepted Christ, you have to continue to follow him and let your roots grow down into him. Would you pray with me, Father? I love you. God, I thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Father, for your revelation, your word, and this simple this simple thought process revolving around a weed. I thank you, Father, that you use creation to speak to us, to minister to us, to guide and direct our life. I thank you, Lord, that you've got a purpose and a plan for each one of us. Lord, your love is so big for us that you sent your son to die on a cross that I would not have to know how much it costs to carry my sin. I would never have to know that weight. I would never have to know that burden. I'd never have to know the agony of the painful death that you died, Jesus, so that I could have freedom. But all I've got to do is believe on you, accept you, and then continue to follow you. Thank you for that grace and that mercy today, Lord. Family, if you're in the house today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've had a relationship with the Lord and you stepped back and you've walked away from that relationship, I promise God's not left you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. Only we can walk away from that relationship. Maybe you need to come back to him today. Maybe you need to meet him for the first time. Today is an opportunity for you to do that because there's a purpose and a plan for your life. You've been put here for a reason. You've been transplanted to this time in history for a reason. And God wants to explain that and show you that through his son, Jesus. You don't know Jesus today. You need to rededicate your life to him. Maybe you need to to begin that relationship for the first time. If you wouldn't mind, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. You mind slipping up your hand? Anybody in the room today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you repeat this prayer after me, please, all of us? We'll do our first fruits over again. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I don't have to carry the weight of my sin anymore because you killed it on the cross. Thank you that I don't have to know how much it costs to see my sin on the cross.
Lord, I need you to change my life. Forgive me for my sins. Make me new. You gave your life. Now I give you mine. Change me from this day forward. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Family, I think all of us could need a use a reality check of why we're here, what we're doing. Kudzu had a purpose, had a, a plan. Just like you have a purpose, there's a plan for your life. It's a plan to stop the wash. To be a blessing not only for you to stand firm, for, for the people around us. You've been put here for a reason. You've been transplanted here for a reason. The church is called to be invasive, but we've got to be rooted. We've got to be rooted. Can we take just a moment and just ask the Lord to allow those roots to grow deep as we discipline ourselves into his word and into prayer? Father, we recognize today there's a purpose and a plan for our life. God, you've put us here on this earth, in this, this place, and even in this season of life, God, you've put us here not by accident, Lord, but intentionally. You've transplanted us on purpose. You've allowed us to be put here on purpose, God, so that we could fulfill your will and plan for our life. God, it's a will that's good. It's perfect. It's pleasing not only to you, but also to us, God. Your will for us is good. God, we want to fulfill that plan. We want to fulfill that purpose. God, let us hold on and hold firm to the idea, to the mindset of recognizing, God, you placed us here intentionally. Lord, I pray, God, that we would become an invasive church, not only this church family, but the church of Jesus Christ all over the world. God, that we would be invasive. God, that we would begin to grow and, and we would begin to see uh, when, when we look out across our communities, Father, what we would see would not be the evil, the darkness, God, but what we would see would be the evil smothered out by the good, by the love, by the hope, by the, the resurrection power of Jesus. God, let us be invasive. Let us be what the world is turning to, God, for hope and for forgiveness, for salvation. Let us be invasive in this place that you've planted us. God, we recognize in order to do that, in order to stand through the trials of life that we're going to walk through and that our neighbor and our family and our friends are going to walk through, in order to stand firm through those, we've made the decision to follow you. Let us continue to follow you, God, and let our roots grow down into you. Father, be our firm foundation. As we read scripture, God, let the words come off the page and go into our heart. Let us be convicted by the Holy Spirit to realize there's things that need to be changed in our life, God. Let us, let us be moved by your love and compassion for other people. Let us do what it is, God, that you called and placed in us to do as we're rooted down into you. Lord, as we develop our prayer life and we, we stretch ourselves and we push ourselves as we pray and as we move in this communication with you closer than we've ever been, Father. As we take up fasting, Lord, maybe it's not something that we're doing regularly on our own. God, let us realize that you've got a purpose and a plan and a will, God, and sometimes you've called us to fast and discipline ourselves, and, and you've called us to put our flesh second behind what we actually want, God. We, we've called us to put our flesh second behind you. God, let us worship with one heart and one mind, God. 
as we're becoming rooted in you. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to go deep. Father, I thank you for this beautiful time together today. I thank you for the simple message. Lord, though, thank you for your spirit showing up and moving in us in our time of worship today. Thank you, Lord, for, for stopping us and allowing us to have a moment with you. Lord, I pray your blessings on your people. I pray that you bless them, keep them, Lord, give them grace and peace. Let your face shine on them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.